Hello, everyone. I'm Brother Q, Black Professionals in Aviation and Aerospace. This is Flight Time. What I'm going to talk about today is President Biden's nominee for the to be head of the FAA has withdrawn after Republican criticism. And we are told that um, Bill Washington was uh, allegedly the, the Republicans were united in opposition to Washington, calling him unqualified because of limited aviation experience. Be that as it may, here's my thought. Uh, right now, the FAA is in a safety crisis loop with these recent uh, I, uh, recent incidents of uh, near uh, mid-air collisions or near on-the-runway collisions, um, trollers failing to ensure separation, uh, the uh, NODAM system failing, and these things being on the news, and there's six incidents that are generally talked about in the news. I won't uh, get them to them here, but here's my thought. My thought is it was smart for this nominee to withdraw. Right now, with what the agency is going through, with just having a, a FAA safety summit, uh, because things just got out of control, the news was was talking about these things and the incidents that were happening. The incidents that were happening were very, very serious and endangered the lives of the flying public. Uh, the incident at, at Austin, where an arrival aircraft almost landed on top of a departure aircraft, they had to tell the departure to abort, or the departure would have lifted up and there would have been a, a collision over the runway. Other incidents where uh, airline pilots just disregarded controller instructions and taxied onto an active runway when uh, an aircraft had been cleared for, for departure. And just things where uh, pilots or controllers are not paying attention and are not meeting their responsibilities to ensure separation or to ply with ATC instructions. So. This wasn't the time for Phil, no matter what he thought his credentials were, qualifications were. He wasn't ready to get on that bull of the FAA and, and try to ride it. Because with this safety loop crisis, that there are safety crisis loop, I'll figure out which way to, to say it, but uh, the a agency is in a safety crisis and it's a loop. And these accidents and inc or not, not these near accidents and incidents, which are really violation, uh, which are violation of policy, because controllers are supposed to ensure separation, and pilots are supposed to uh, comply with ATC instructions. It's either you do or you don't. There's no oops, I'm sorry. Um, so that wasn't going to work. Now, the other thing is the agency's reauthorization. Agency wants $18 billion to, for reauthorization and all of the other little uh, contracting and other little businesses are feeding at the government trough, trying to get some of that money. And he doesn't, he wouldn't even know what that money was going for. 
what capital investment plans that, you know, needed to happen, what facilities needed to be uh, repaired or fixed, or any of those things that that $18 billion, what we was going to go for and what was the promise to the American people that that, that money is, is not only used as intended, but that it actually accomplishes what the budget is, what a budget is supposed to t accomplish. So he didn't want to, he didn't want to step into the water. There was, there's just uh, too much, too, too much smoke. Uh, and also with the political environment that's going on, whether it, whether the issue is the Republicans uh, getting on him and, and not being satisfied with his aviation experience, and 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 after spending forty years, forty approximately forty three years in the aviation industry, aviation, uh, United States Navy, federal government, he wasn't ready. There's so many orders and directives uh, that you have to know to 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 do the job effectively. And apparently, from the hearing, to be honest, he hadn't he hadn't done his homework. But the bottom line behind his whole appointment was diversity. President comes in and wants to remedy past racial discrimination, unlawful employment practices, exclusion of African Americans from you know, certain positions, and maybe he wanted to, uh, the president, maybe he wanted to, you know, be the model, be the example, you know, show the way. But by broadcasting that it was about, it was a diversity selection, or, or we need diversity, or using the word diversity, that's not going to work. That absolutely is not going to work. And, 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 and the Supreme Court decided that in 1971, in Griggs versus Duke Power Company, 401 U.S. 424. And, and it specifically says, you know, what the Supreme Court said is Congress did not intend by Title VII, however, to guarantee a job to every person, regardless of, qual of qualifications. And, and, and that Senate confirmation process does what it's supposed to do, whether we like it or not, but that's in the Constitution. You know, they, you can, the president can make the appointment, but the, the Senate has to basically approve it. The Supreme Court went, in, went on to say, in short, the act does not command any person to, to be hired simply because he was formerly the subject of discrimination or because he is a member of a minority group, i.e. diversity. Because when you say diversity or when one says diversity, I don't believe in diversity, equity, and inclusion. I believe in equal employment opportunity. I believe that we need to get rid of unlawful employment practices. And I believe in disparate treatment where uh, people, quote unquote, minorities of a, a protected group are in fact um, treated differently and less favorably uh, than the majority group. But what the Supreme Court says is discriminatory preference for any group, minority or majority, again, discriminatory preference for any group, minority or majority, is precisely in what and only what Congress has proscribed, condemned, said, no, you can't do that. What is required by Congress is the removal of artificial, arbitrary, and unnecessary barriers to employment when the barriers operate invidiously to discriminate on the basis of racial or other impermissible classification. 
So Mr. Washington, in my opinion, his uh, nomination was doomed from the beginning because it created a a a a, a narrative where uh, we're going to put this person on uh, because of, uh, of he's a diversity candidate. And oh, by the way, he is CEO of uh, Denver, Phil Washington. So uh, Mr. Washington, as a nominee, maybe it would have been better if if he knew this was going to happen, as he said to the president, well, don't say it's about diversity. You know, don't say that, that I'm a diversity because diver- because diversity then turns into affirmative action. And you can't, Adirond said, you, you can't do special favors for people because of their protected group status. But anyway, he withdrew, and it was smart for him to withdraw because, like I said, he wasn't ready to get on that bull. That was a bull ride that he wasn't ready to get on. Even the acting administrator who came over after the previous administrator left because of the Boeing 737 fiasco uh, was was booted out the door. But it wasn't his fault because you got Huerta and you got Elwell. So there's two administrators before him that basically blew the whole Boeing 737 max because they didn't have the courage to uh, ground those airplanes for whatever reason and people died. Uh, so now here comes, you know, Nolan coming from private industry, supposed to be uh, Mr. Aviation Safety Guy. And uh, they put him in as the acting administrator, and he finds that the bottom falls out. He has to appear before Congress and try to offer some kind of rationale for all of these uh, incidents that are happening, which are simply the truth of the matter is controllers are, are supposed to get paid to ensure separation. That's their job. That's what's in the 7110.65, which is the air traffic handbook, the manual, which says that controllers must must follow the, the, the procedures and the separation minima established in that order. And when you don't do that, you have a violation of policy. So he didn't want to jump into that quagmire. And pilots, I'm, an, I'm, an, I'm a retired air traffic controller, air traffic control supervisor, manager, quality assurance, quality control. Um, a pilot, when a controller issues an instruction, the pilot is supposed to comply with that instructions. If you, if you taxi a pilot on the airport and you say, taxi into position or taxi hold short, you know, taxi this way, that way, you know, and whatever little taxiway leg that they're at, hold short at Bravo, hold short of the active runway. But now the other side of that coin is when the controller gives the pilot the instruction, the controller is also supposed to ensure, number one, that the pilot reads it back verbatim, and number two, via scanning, observes 
that the pilot is holding short of the active runway. Before the departure is cleared for takeoff. Or simultaneously. Look out the window. Is that aircraft holding where that, or is that pilot holding that aircraft where that pilot was told to hold that aircraft? Be that as it may, the pilot has no right once told to hold at a fixed point on the airport to cross an active runway. And that's pilot training one-on-one. So again, it's, it's, it's either the controller doesn't ensure separation or the pilot violates the instructions of the air traffic control specialist. But they have their big, they have their big FAA safety summit, and they talked about everything else under the sun. We, we need more training. We need innovation. Um, you know, we, we need sandwiches for lunch. I don't, I don't know. Uh, but the bottom line is, pilot controller you need to pay attention anyway this is brother q just a little just a little tidbit of of uh flight time the podcast remember our destination is above and uh, i'll holler at you later bye